Don't tell us what we do. Light them up, drink them down. Whiskey and cigars all around. Cheers, y'all. Well, 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 well. That sounds like a party. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this fine radio program, podcast, and video extravaganza known internationally as the world-famous Smokin' and Toastin'. It's show number 301. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. My name is Cruz. My co-host is Ian Barry. Uh, Behind the Wheels of Steel, Keegan is with us today. And, of course, we have our producer, Adam in the Cloud. But all of that is secondary because today we have one of our absolute favorite guests joining the show ladies and gentlemen mr mark burrell welcome yeah. in, mark mark now i i would say you would be on the favorites list just because of the wine that you bring when you come <laughs> but it's more than that you're one, you're honestly you're one of our more fun guests thank you so i, I put you on I, a, very I have a great list. time when i come here and it gives me a good a good opportunity to drink something delicious yeah, on my day off. Uh, well, I'm, gonna be do- I'm gonna be doing it with or without you anyway. <laughs> right. so, so, yeah. and, and that's it's, it's, it's more the, like he invited us. It's, it's, Might as well have a party, right? It's one of the great things about uh, you know drinking great wine or great spirits or, or or smoking cigars that you can enjoy doing it by yourself, and that's awesome. But when you do it with some, somebody else, it just seems to amplify the whole That's experience. Right. You know, somebody that you like to hang out with. So we'll have a good time doing that today. Uh, Mark is our smoking and toasting uh, wine expert. And he is also, of course, the uh, sommelier from the Rainbow Room. And, Rainbow Lodge. Ra- um, why did I say Rainbow Room? That's I'm in, thinking of New York, right? That's yeah. in L.A. Rainbow Rooms in L.A.? We, get, in we get all kinds. Uh, Rainbow Lodge, of course, yep. which is uh, one of the more uh, interesting and delicious places to uh, have a, a wonderful dinner or lunch, for that matter. Celebrating here. 45 years. 45 yeah. years. Yeah, that is so Can cool. Can you imagine? That's so cool. And how long have you been there? Eight. Eight. That's a long time, actually. Yeah. Isn't it? In, in restaurant world? You know, when you when you find a place that just fits, mm-hmm. yeah. you – like I tell myself all the time, I can't screw this up. i got to – I gotta keep going. <laughs> right, <laughs> it's uh, so much fun. I'm having a great time. I love it. it. And yeah. you, you do uh, obviously a lot of traveling because you go uh, yep. to different wineries around the world mm-hmm. and kind of uh, sample the wares and see if it's something you guys want to stock. And you yep. told me before the show started, you just got back from Kentucky. That's right. Team Rainbow uh, transcended on Kentucky, and we were there specifically for a barrel of uh, 1792. Made by the um, Buffalo Trace people. Nice. Um, and th- I mean, it was a really great thing. They put us up in the Rick House and we picked uh, from four different barrels. It was me, um, the owner, Donette, her wife, Sheila, um, and the chef. Uh, and we just had a great time uh, in Kentucky picking this uh, this barrel. So soon to arrive at Rainbow Lodge is a barrel of uh, uh, hand-selected 1792 uh, bourbon. Nothing about that, that trip sounds, sounds like awesome. it wasn't fun. Oh, it was yeah. great. Was there, <laughs> was there a particular uh, flavor profile you were going for with said barrel? So Did it, you guys have an idea going into it? I, I, we didn't have an idea of what the flavors were going to be. What we knew is that we wanted something that could be consumed on its own. Uh-huh. Uh, something that stood up with ice or water. Um, and God forbid, if somebody wants to put Coke or Dr. Pepper in it, we had to, we had to make sure that it's, that it's tasty that way, too. You know, Kraken and Dr. Pepper, that's a good thing. Sure. Right? <laughs> Kraken's at a different price point than yeah. the 1792. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure though. that's true. This, this particular barrel will be featured in our um, uh, <clears throat> barrel-aged uh, Manhattans. 
Oh, nice. Oh, that um, sounds good. Yeah, yeah, and so we we buy these little barrels and we make our Manhattan mix. And we and you've mentioned that you've done this before with Whistle Pig and some yeah. others. Yeah, yeah. So um, Chef and I went to uh, Vermont a few years ago and picked a barrel of tenure from Whistle Pig, um, and that was a that was a great thing. That went real quick because we were we allowed our customers to to purchase. That as well from, um, from when a you partner. say purchase, they uh, could get a bottle of bottles. It. Yeah. Ah, yeah, nice. Yeah, nice. and will you do that with the, with this one as well? Yeah, so we're working with um, Siraj over at Premier mm-hmm. um, Fine Spirits. Um, he's a great guy and has has been a really great partner for us. Um, and so once those barrels, I say those barrels because we also just picked a six year old whistle pig. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. So um, once those barrels um, come in, or the contents of those barrels at least come in, um, we will um, have them available by request. At at Premier over in the Heights, okay, right cool. next to the lodge. Cool. And I loved when Sarange nice. was in that Destiny's Child group with Beyonce. That was, <laughs> Wasn't that, that was, fun? Yeah, that was really Yeah, he was great. Yeah, it was really awesome. Did that little Bollywood thing. Yeah, that's right. It worked uh, it worked pretty well. And the solo stuff's not bad either. So yeah. Um anyway, I'm sorry for that. Uh, have you watched Triple R speaking of Bollywood? It's fantastic. I, I, oh, yeah, watch, no, watch, I haven't, but that, that does sound fun. That. It does sound fun. Uh so sorry for the detour. Welcome to the show, Mark. Thank, Thank you, you so much for being here. And just out of curiosity. Um, is your appreciation for, because you've obviously got to have some if you're helping to pick these barrels, was your appreciation for whiskey, is that something that came later in terms of your palate and your taste buds uh, after the wine thing, or is this something you've always kind of been uh, down with the spirit? Um, I've always enjoyed um, brown spirits. You know, mm-hmm. in college, my go-to was Jack Daniels. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think, you know, now as my palate has has um, uh, grown and evolved, um, I, I am a bit more discerning, I think. But um, I've always enjoyed those spirits. Now, the wine came first, and then the 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 things that were the same about the making, you know, we talk about this all the time when you're mm. talking about cigars, you know, I, mm-hmm. I find so many similarities <clears throat> when tasting wine as well. And I think that is what really got me into spirits as well. Because so, you get to do all of that yeah. deconstruction. Well, taste, and not you know? only that, but the recipes and making cocktails are so much fun for me. The the blending of flavors and the mixing of the different. And uh, figuring out what does go with it, what yeah. complements and what isn't just one flavor plus one flavor, but that makes something greater than the. Yeah. the than the two, yeah, and I love it. I love, I love making those things happen. Awesome. Well, we will uh, talk about all of that. And I, one of the reasons I was asking about uh, your uh, palate for whiskeys because we have what I think is going to be an interesting wh- whiskey to try uh, today. I've never had this, and Ian, you will notice by the way, I have not uh, cleared the uh, uh, cleared the top. And you have, and, you have not followed no, all uh, safety protocols no, on this I, bottle. I really am not. So OSHA will be contacting us at the end of the show. For those of uh, you not understanding that statement, generally speaking, when when Cruz brings in a bottle. He uh, takes the uh, wrapper off the top. Sometimes it's it's a hard, you know, kind of a plasticky sure, right, thing yeah. with sharp edges. In this case, and, it's in this case, full... it's a foil thing, yeah. which which can actually cut your finger if you right. drag it across it really, really hard and try to cut your finger. There's safety um, here. And then, like uh, a lot of times, like when you get the very you know full bottle like that, you can actually drip a little bit when you're trying to pour it. So there you can usually be clear a little off the top of that, right? So that we to make sure spillage. that there's no no uh, whiskey related uh, whiskey opening related injuries, right. Or spillage. It's right. actually it's actually a very important it's, part of it's your It's something job. I do as a, a you know as a public yeah. service. It's, really. it's above and beyond. But today I have not gone. That uh, well, extra that's mile, okay. So. I will, I'll take on the danger. I am wearing glasses, so okay. my <laughs> eyes are you know protected. Yeah, all right, that's good to know. Well, this <laughs> this. Whiskey. I feel so taken care of. This this whiskey, it 
is a blended whiskey, but it's a Milam and Green triple cask bourbon from Milam and Green uh, Distillery in Blanco, Texas. And I was really, honestly, I was very intrigued by just the look of the bottle and the uh, so uh, and and the the whole uh, appearance of it. The bottle, the, what the got label, me, what the got me started on it. Yeah, is beautiful. Yeah, I mean, it's just really really, really classy. Well and for really Blanco, cool. Texas, I mean that's a and for those of you that can't see, there's an embossed town. angel on here, so mm -hmm. it's actually textury too. Yeah, it's not just... I like that. So it, uh, my curiosity got the best of me, and that's what uh, that's what I picked out for this week for us to try. So I'll be interested to get your take I'm on uh, on this it, yeah. as well. Uh, well, I don't Blanco, know if it... Texas, as I said, we were talking about this before the show. Blanco, Texas, also has real ale. Yeah, and real ale does not suck. They no, make fantastic beers. They really, really do. Yep. Really, really do. We had a a a, a beer. Last week of the week before from Devil's Backbone, the brewery. Yeah, yeah. And it reminded both of us of how good Devil's Backbone, the beer. From Real from L. Real yeah. L actually is. It made me think, I need to go buy some of that. I've had it. Yeah. Know, and I out in New Braunfels, there's a really, really divey bar called the Devil's Backbone. Oh, well, that, let's go check that out, like, too. It's super divey. I think it's perfect, though. You know, I think, <laughs> I think we should become the Guy Fieri's of smoking and toasting. We should go check out dive bars all over the country and just check them out. The diners diving. Yeah. Driving. And dives. And dives. We'll just be, we'll dives. be dives. Yeah, dives <laughs> with the Indian cruise. It's an interesting spin on the show. Yeah, just dives. I like it. I like it. Um, we will uh, be tasting that, of course. We'll also be talking uh, cigars a little bit and CAO, Cigar Company, which we've mm -hmm. had some of their cigars on here recently. Uh, they are introducing a brand new 12-day cigar advent calendar. So oh, if you want to get going me something, twelve days yeah, out, yeah, no, you guys were like a little 12, late for the thirty days at this well, point. But let's do 12. twelve days of Christmas, right? So well, it makes so, sense. so yeah, so the uh, the advent calendar thing uh, when you're buying um, that many cigars at once, that's a pretty pricey calendar. Yes, it is. Uh, they I, we talked about the whiskey calendars come mm -hmm. out. Have you seen that? The yeah. whiskey yeah, calendar, but those are small, and those are small, whiskey, so yeah. it's a little easier to afford. But a cigar, you know, you don't. First off, you don't want to put cheap cigars on your advent right. calendar, Just and uh, you're <laughs> buying a lot of cigars. Yeah. Uh, so that's a pretty pricey buy. So the twelve day actually makes sense, you uh -huh. know, like the twelve day leading in. And then uh, remember, uh, um, Clown Shoes actually did a twelve beers of Christmas a couple that. years ago. And I think they may do that again this year too. Nice. Open so. Um, so we'll we'll talk about that. And also uh, uh, a big alert: your favorite craft beer could soon taste different. And we will tell you why this is not uh -oh. a not a good thing. Uh, uh, plus, uh, the founder of Samuel Adams, Jim Cook, has advice for brewers. We mentioned this last week, but never got to the advice. So hopefully, we'll get to that. And uh, of course, it wouldn't be a smoking and toasting these days uh, without our most popular segment, which we save for later in the show as you know ongoing trickery to try to get you to listen longer. Uh, and that <laughs> is our segment that we like to call drinking news. Drinking news, of course, is is. A segment that's populated by stories that may or may not be about drinking, but that are always best enjoyed when you've been drinking. Yes. And that's another reason we save them for later in the show. We'll have been drinking by then. So perfect. Actually, uh, uh, so our drinking news teaser headline today a golden ticket that's even better than Willy Wonka's. All right, so we'll get to that coming up, and uh, we have a lot to a lot to go through. Actually, uh, some cigars to watch for, uh, books that you could read to become a more knowledgeable drinker, which is always a good thing. And with you know the holidays not too far away, uh, you might want to put some of these books on your like Amazon holiday list so your friends could uh, could get them for you. So that's a that's a thing to talk about as well. And of course, it's been another week, which means I'm betting. 
that my good friend Ian here has uh, had the opportunity to smoke something interesting. Am I correct? Why, yes, I did, sir. All right. Let's talk about uh, it. Yesterday evening, I went out on my patio and sprayed myself liberally with mosquito spray. Cause Good to know. Mosquitoes are a little bad this year. Yeah, they are. Well, we've <laughs> I'm had sure you guys are getting stuff. it at oh, Rainbow yeah. Lodge. Yeah. Yeah. Having to treat it up there. Because it's, uh, it, but the weather is so nice right now. Mm, it's wonderful. Like, even with a little bit of rain today, the weather's so nice right now that like I've been outside as much as I can possibly be. For instance, like the day before when I was running sound all day for the Montrose Beer and Gun Club chili cook-off. But uh, beyond that, I went outside and sat down and had a Nica Libre Sun Grown. Oh, I love Nica Libre. Now, this is so, Sun Grown, though, so this is a little different. This than is a the little different. So the Nica that Libre that, uh, um, that uh, I usually get is the 1990... Right, right, and it's a Maduro, mm -hmm. and it's uh, and it's just a bunch. It's like a little candy bar, basically. Mm -hmm. It's delicious. It's wonderful. <laughs> it is wonderful. It's yes, not very expensive, so it's wonderful. This is the Sun Grown. I hadn't tried it before. Me and a buddy of mine, uh, he he does a lot of the uh, cigar bed stuff. Mm -hmm. So he always he always sends me messages. Hey, you went on this. You went on that. You know, I'm like yeah. So uh, we ended up with some of the uh, Sun Grown Nicolibres. <clears throat> We'll talk about the pricing on that later, but uh, this was a Robusto five five and a half by fifty two, Habano sun grown wrapper, Habano binder, Nicaraguan filler, uh, long filler on that. Uh, the appearance it's box pressed, reddish brown wrapper, smooth with some veins. You'll be able to see it in this picture right here. Uh, medium firmness, uh, firmness overall, classy red uh, and gold labels. What I put down, but then I realized when I pulled the label off later mm -hmm. that it's actually two separate labels that look like one label. Mm. Uh, it's the Nica Libre label and then one that says Sun Grown underneath it. But it looked kind of like right. It looks one, like it's all one. Yeah, one it's kind of like yeah. the Le Bijou from my father. Right, right. It looks like it's all one, but then you realize they're actually yeah, yeah. Here. When you're pulling it, it's two two separate labels. The pre-light sniff on this, I got earth, I got barnyard, I got fermented hay, I got chocolate and a touch of tea leaf at the foot. Uh, the pre-light draw on this, I used to punch, uh, I had a light draw to it, earthy and sweet, mocha and coffee, slightly creamy kind of uh, taste going on in there. The initial light, Nicaraguan pepper blast right off the oh, top. Nice. Uh, really nice. Uh, if only we had a song to celebrate the there, there, One day there blast. will be. Yeah, that's what I've heard. And we're going to have to go through and retroactively put it in every place oh, where you yeah, ever yeah. attempted to sing. Are you, are you uh, listening, Adam? Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, uh, Nicaraguan pepper blast, spicy and sweet right off the top. Pepper and chocolate cake is what I was getting. Uh uh, right off of that. And, you know, a lot of times you get that Nicaraguan pepper blast, and it's a little one-dimensional, which is not the, totally a bad be. thing. It totally but this, can be, But this yeah. definitely had a sweetness behind it. Big, fluffy smoke overall. Retrohale was woody and pepper. Uh, the first third of this, um, wood and spicy pepper at a solid medium strength, backed by a powdered sugar kind of sweetness, notes of dark chocolate, uh, coffee, earth, and nuts. Retrohale's woody and pepper. Flaky ash. It does have a flaky ash. It will fall on you. Mm -hmm. uh, good burn. The second third of this, uh, consistent flavor profile. There really wasn't a lot of new stuff happening once you got into that first third of it. Um, mm -hmm. Pleasant, nutty aftertaste lingers long after each puff. Pepper and sugary sweetness pick up just a little bit here. Uh, Retro Hills, peppery and woody. It has a very flaky ash, so make sure you tip it. Um, and <laughs> You sound like a man who's saying this from experience. <laughs> <laughs> and this part of it had an uneven burn. Oh, uh, okay. Gotcha. Now, I never tended the burn, um, uh, but the burn by the end of the cigar was perfect again. Like, it kind of it kind of did this thing Straightened where it was going straight, out. and then it kind of leaned over a little bit and mm -hmm. got a swerve on and then got straight back up again. Uh, the, uh, the last sort of cigar, pepper backs off slightly. Woody notes become decidedly <clears throat> cedar. Uh, sweetness disappears, replaced by coffee. Uh, retrohale is uh, pepper and cedar. Uh, very flaky ash, by the way. Uh, good burn. That. 
So uh, price to quality on this. You can buy this straight off of uh, CI or Thompson or any of those places that have the Nico Libres. Uh, and if you buy 20 of them, you get them for $3.75 a piece. It's hard to beat, man. It's a great cigar for $3.75. It's not the most multidimensional cigar, but you know what? That's okay at $3.75 a piece. That's mm-hmm. a great daily smoker. Absolutely. You know, sit down and enjoy it. I gave it a six. Nice. Okay. Nice. However, I think we got them for less so than $3. Price, yeah. <laughs> A piece well, on the cigar bid bit. on them, yeah. So I'm giving it a six point five, nice. maybe even bumping it to a seven, depending on how cheap you get. But I think we paid right at two eighty or something like that. Nice. When, once shipping was cleared and everything, I think we paid a just under three dollars a if stick. It's smokable at that price, it's almost yeah. Worth it, right? Like when you can find a stick like that, and I and I fill my humidor with um with a lot of those because first off, you know if your humidor is at least half full, it's going to regulate better. Yes, it's going to hold its uh. uh humidity better and everything like that so keeping and i have a problem with my humidors because cigars seem to just disappear they evapor- but like yeah. i have the evaporative uh problem with my humidor too like yeah. i'll put 20 in right. and i'll look a couple days later it's like well there's only 16 now i don't know what happened, what happened. yeah exactly so, but yeah i mean that that's but that's another issue we'll talk we'll have to talk about that another time but um <laughs> yeah, so I keep a lot of those. I keep those Nico Libres, and I like the uh, – you can get some of the Man of Wars uh, pretty inexpensive, mm-hmm. too. Those mm-hmm. are a little bigger cigar if you like a bigger cigar. But I also keep, like, uh, uh, the uh, factory smokes in there. And, yep. just, and I just, mentioned this one a few weeks ago, the Rocky Patel Eagle Reserve. I haven't tried Rocky that Rocky Patel one Mulligan's Eagle Reserve. Right, I haven't tried I, that one I've yet. just done the Robusto, but, man, uh, talk about being worth it for three bucks. Did you get a chance to smoke anything recently? I did, as a matter of fact. I had uh, myself a Hoya de Monterey. Excalibur Black Robusto. I am going to go ahead and tell you, Mm -hmm. I love those. Okay, so the black, you've had them. Yes. All right. I bought a box of them. (laughs) Well, this will be interesting. Hoya de Monterey. Now, I'm not talking about the one that AJ does. Oh, that's a different one. Okay, so sorry. I know you love those. Right. And I've had those and reviewed them, been very positive about them, as I have a tendency to be about AJ's stuff. This is not This is the regular Hoya de Monterey Excalibur line. And now they have a an Excalibur Black. It okay, then I haven't year. had that one. And this one, it has a silver band on it. And this one is, um, um, it's it's well, well, Hoya, Hoya de Monterey is one of the oldest cigar brands in the world, and Hoya de Monterey Excalibur has been a respected part of their line for years. Excalibur was an early favorite of mine when I first started uh, smoking cigars, uh, reasonably priced and kind of a step up from the core line of Hoya de Monterey. Uh, Excalibur Black just came out last year. It uses a Connecticut broadleaf wrapper that's very dark in color, kind of a deep chocolatey brown, uh, not completely black. It's not like an Oscuro, uh, right, right. Uh, but it, but it's very dark. And this Connecticut broadleaf wrapper, by the way, is becoming more and more popular, I've noticed, with uh, with cigars. More and more cigars being rolled with the Connecticut broadleaf, which is different from just a I standard think I think availability is helping right now. I think because, you're right, yeah. yeah. Uh, it also uses an Ecuadorian Sumatra binder leaf and filler tobacco from Nicaragua and Honduras, so it sounds very much like my kind of thing. Yeah, the Hoya, so, so when you talk about Hoya, my mind always goes back to that dark Sumatra. Yeah. They have that's just yeah. amazing, uh, and so this was a very decent looking cigar, few veins but not too rustic, and a dark chocolate wrapper. For whatever reason, there wasn't a lot of aroma when I did my pre light sniff, and even the cold draw, just a hint of cedar maybe was about all I could get out of that. I went ahead and used my trusty punch on the head of the cigar, and I lit her up, and I got definitely not 
a Nicaraguan pepper blast okay. on first light. But I did get a nice big note of cocoa powder, you know, kind of like my mom used to use to make us chocolate milk because we were too cheap to buy Nestle's Quick like all my <laughs> friends' families did. Uh, but as a result, I kind of grew up loving the taste and the aroma of cocoa, and this cigar had yeah. that from the get-go. Uh, there were some wood notes and a little bit of leather. Around the second, third, a note of black coffee started to make its way to the forefront, and that would wind up staying with me for the remainder of the cigar. A bit of wood, I'll say cedar again, although it was not a strong note, and a hint of leather as well. Now, toward the halfway point, I did start to pick up a little bit of pepper on the tongue. Uh, this cigar definitely got stronger as it smoked, and the pepper kind of came mm -hmm. along with that. Kind of an indication of it, I guess. By the final third, the Hoya de Monterey Excalibur Black had settled in with cocoa and coffee as the dominant notes. White pepper and cedar right behind them with a dried fruit note that kind of came and went. While all of these aromas were pleasant, I will say that to my palate, the cigar was a little bit lacking when it came to a depth of richness that I was sort of hoping that it would have. And it's sort of like when you look at it, just the, the color of the wrapper and knowing that it had a, 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 broad, a Connecticut broadleaf wrapper, I was expecting a little more depth and richness than what I got. The flavor seemed a bit more surface, very pleasant, but not as deep and rich as I would have hoped at this particular price point. Uh, I will mention that the burn and draw were damn near fantastic. I was very impressed with the construction of this cigar. It's worth noting that, in my experience, the Connecticut broadleaf-wrapped cigars sometimes can lead you to expect a little bit of an uneven burn just because of the texture mm. of that particular leaf from time to time. But this one showed no sign of that. So where does this leave us? Construction, excellent. Flavors, very pleasant. Strength, Ultimately, medium to full, although it did start more mild to medium and grew as it been. Mm. I, I love that. Price, aha, uh -huh. here's where we reach the sticking point. At 9 to $10 for mm. the Robusto, not for a huge cigar, but for a Robusto, this cigar is asking then to be compared to some of my very favorite so, smokes. Robustos in general are between five and six yeah, inches. About that long. And, and then usually about 52. 52 to yeah. 54 ring gauge mm -hmm. at the most. Right. So it's not tiny, but it's not like a huge cigar either. And at $10, that puts it in a, a comparison space with some of my very favorite smokes that are right around that price. That's and more expensive than the AJ Hoyo Black. Exactly. And while this is very good... <clears throat> It just didn't have the depth of flavor to stand up to a My Father or an Oliva Siri G. Melanio or an Enclave from A.J. Fernandez. So I want to give the cigar good marks. And at 6 to $7, I really would. But at 10 the competition is just too strong. It's, it's fierce. As you were mentioning, even in their own line, the Hoyo uh, by A.J. Fernandez or the, or the like Sumatra. Or right, right. Yeah. Uh, at the same price or less is a good deal better. So I did enjoy this cigar a lot. If Ian had given this to me and I didn't know anything about the price, uh, I'd say, hey, I recommend it. I give it a thumbs up. By the way, Ian, feel free to do things like that anytime. Noted. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but at 8 to $10, it begins to become more and more, as that begins to become more and more, the common price for cigars of this size, because everything's going up, right? The Hoya de Monterey Excalibur Black Robusto just doesn't quite distinguish itself from the pack well enough. Uh, it's kind of like the Cleveland Browns. 
they're a pretty good team, but I am not betting on them to get to the Super Bowl anytime soon. Uh, side note to the NFL, since I just said your magic words, I'll be sending you a check for 12 bucks. Please spend it wisely. Uh, <laughs> back to the cigar at $10, price to quality, 4.5. Worth a try, but outclassed by the competition. Yeah. yeah. And that is your drinking news. Oh, no, wait, that's a... That's a close for another That's something different. That's something completely different. (laughs) All right. I am excited about getting to doing some wine tasting. And I understand, Mark, that the first glass you've poured us is bubbles. That's right. And I'm so psyched about that. So let's just take a break. I can't come here and not not bring you bubbles. Let's take a break now and get back so we can try the bubbles. Uh, You are checking out Smoking and Toasted. It is show number 301. And we will be right back. So thirsty. Welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasting. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. And today, additionally about wine, because Mark Burrell is our special guest. He is our Smoking and Toasting wine expert, and we are excited to have him back on the show. Before we get to the wine, I don't want to delay this much, but uh, I kind of promised this last week we never got to it. Ian, I know you're a fan of Drew Estate cigars. Yes. They have now discontinued over 100 SKUs or SKUs. That, that drops the them to from, some paltry like 300 yeah, left exactly. or something. Uh, but they There's have, so many cigars. They have discontinued the entire La Vieja Habana line. And I used to buy those a lot because yeah. they were there relatively was another one. inexpensive and they were really good, really good, like did inexpensive they, cigar. What, what else did they uh, under, get rid of? Under, a lot of stuff has been eliminated from the Underground Sun Ground. Right, underground right. Sun Ground, which is kind of a that's a little bit of a mystery it's to me because a little I think surprising it, yeah yeah they also took out some of the uh liga privada skews but they have a tendency to be like boxes of tubos and a short panatella like things oh, gotcha. that, that you can still get the basic line uh which still is really all you need yeah. on ligas yeah but they're uh, awesome yeah but uh, a number of underground sun grown and some of the underground shade products have been uh, removed from the line so huh. uh there is a full list of this on half wheel if you guys are familiar with half wheel which is a great Love cigar uh, so you can go and check that story out and check and make sure that if there's any of your favorite Drew Estate stuff there, they're still taking orders for them, I think, through – look at the end of the article here. Uh, through Well, they took orders for them through September 30th, so your local cigar shop may still have some of these in stock, but they will be going away. Then they're phasing them out. In the near future. Now, uh, Mark is familiar with the fact that I'm a big fan of the Bubbles. And uh, and but you too are a big fan of the bubbles. I are you am. Not? In fact, it's. Um, by the way, I did want to point out that my nickname in college was Flaky Ash. <laughs> okay, good yeah. to know. Um, <laughs> That's a good one. I like that. Uh, uh, yeah, no, um, I'm a big fan of bubbles. In fact, um, uh, a quick little side note: Mark Vember is about to start. Mark I was about Vimber, to mention that myself. I love Mark Vember. Mark Vember. Mark Vember is. Um, so I grew up in south in Southeast Texas in South mm-hmm. Louisiana, and my birthday is in mid-November, and um, I thought that it lasted until Mardi Gras because it was always a party <laughs> happening. It's always something going on. And of course, I thought it was all for me. And about 10, 15 years ago or so, um, a friend of mine, she said, uh, you know, you should have champagne every day during Mark Vember. You know, it's 120 days or so. I was, right. I was waiting for you to say about 15 years ago, someone told me that actually wasn't 
like all the parties oh. are for me. <laughs> oh no, well, go they, ahead. They still are. It's <laughs> good to know. Happy Mardi Gras. Um, and then, <laughs> well, and then I, you Gras. know, back back then, I thought that uh, having champagne every day was just ridiculous. That's a, oh, that, that's a that bit seemed, much. Yeah, that seemed a little over the top, didn't it? But about ten years ago, I realized that I had had champagne every day, just by accident. Right. Uh, I mean, I had to put the glass in my lips, but it was a happy you know, accident. It was a delightful accident, and so now, now it's a goal of mine. I have champagne every day during Mark Vimber, and so okay. we have. I have a couple of weeks to um, to prime, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and right. uh, get myself ready. And well, this is the one that I chose to do well, this you, today. You delightful. Always I've been doing us, my research. Oh, you're doing over research here while you guys are talking. Well, I still remember. I think it was the very first time that we had you on. Mm-hmm. You brought one. Was it a Texas uh, sparkling? It, it was British. Oh, that's right. It was yeah. British. Yeah, and I st- that is still to this day. One of my absolute favorite, and it's sparkling still wines. available at Rainbow Lodge. Ah, I still have know. it on. It's that's a, good enough. It's cause... a great. It's a great bottle. I've been supporting them for many years, and mm. um, there's a there's a big uh, sh- wine show in March in Dusseldorf, Germany, every year. Yeah, and a few years ago, I stopped at the at that particular winery in southern England, and. Uh, Pitch, made them a pitch that they couldn't refuse, and it's still I on the list it. of Rainbow Lodge. I love it. Tell, tell us about this one. So this is from Charles LaBelle. Um, this is their Inspiration 1818. Mm-hmm. Um, this is brand new for us um, at the Lodge. Um, I, I know it's kind of ridiculous when I say the words budget bubbles, but that's exactly what this is. Really? Yeah, under 60 bucks, and would, that's at a restaurant. I would not have guessed that. Wow. From from taking the first sips. Yeah, and I'm really, really pleased with this. So this is going to be our – we're going to use this for banquets. Um, we'll have it in a cocktail. We'll, we'll do right. all kinds of fun stuff with it. But I'm really pleased with this with this bottle. Um, this is fun and bubbly and has a really oaky kind of note to it. It, it does. It and- does. And so it's made by a, a very famous uh, wine house in Champagne um, called Billicard Simon. And what they – what Charles LaBelle does is they – I don't want to say they take what Bill Cart's not using, but it's kind of <clears throat> what they've decided to do. Um, and so it's declassified. It's still champagne. It still comes from the champagne region. It's so still it made in that way. It's actual still champagne. uses the same grapes. It's it's just really brilliant um, bubbles for under 60 bucks, and I mm-hmm. think it's great. So I'm going to say something that's going to expose how little I know about the proper terminology for describing uh, the taste of wine. Are you going to talk about how the bubbles tickle your nose? Almost. It's almost that bad. It's almost that bad. The finish to me on this, and I mean this in the most positive way possible, Smarties. Oh, yeah. You ever? You ever it's tart. It, yeah. Yeah. It, it's got just that little tart and sweetness, but it's not quite like a sweet tart. Kind of chalky. like Smarties, just a little chalk. And, but I love it. It, it. The way it lingers on the palate yeah. after you do it. So that's my sophisticated approach to this. It's kind of like Smarties. No, and, and that's and that's fun. You know, he, he, there's a lot of um, terms. In fact, I think we'll get that's a to meme right there. kind of yeah. hard candy in a in a, right. in a moment. But there's lots of like sweet terms that can be used as for uh, for wine. I love the the kind of the creaminess that that you get mm-hmm. in this thing. Oftentimes, people um, will describe champagne and eat as either being lemon cream pie or lemon meringue pie. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always a, a a citric element to it. Um, but there could be a little creaminess to it or it could be just a stinging tartness. Um, and here I think this is kind of like cuts the middle because there mm-hmm. is there is a really good acidity in this wine. The bubbles are super tiny. Um, but there's a touch of creaminess that I think mm-hmm. that you were picking up on some of those wood flavors. Um, and I think that um, that this is a like a, a really regular, a great Tuesday wine. So, yeah, this is um, 
a lot of the bubbly that I have a tendency to go for is very dry, mm-hmm. um, more brute type. Uh, yep. type uh, this is not that, but it also, the tartness keeps it from being uh, sweet. Sometimes, and I have found some Proseccos that I like, but a lot of times the Proseccos that I've tried, they just, for me, they're a little too sweet. Yeah. And this one is sweet, but that tartness cuts it mm-hmm. so well that it just winds up being really balanced. And I, I should I love it. I should have um, uh, looked this up ahead of time, um, but the the dosage is small enough that they are calling this brute. Okay, so, I get it. Yeah, I'm going to need to do some more research. Oh yes. Yeah, <laughs> By the way, um, I, you know, I, I just mentioned that word, and I, I thought perhaps I should explain what, what dosage. What is? dosage? Is. Sure. Um, <clears throat> Thank you. Yeah. So whenever uh, the way the champagne made is called method champenoise or method traditionnel, right? right? And what happens is they take the the wine that's been fermenting in barrels or vats or whatever, mm-hmm. um, they bottle it with a little extra yeast and a little extra sugar, uh, sugared wine, and then they put a crown cap on it, like okay. a beer, right, right. And what happens is the yeast ferments a second time. It's called secondary fermentation. This is one of the things that Dom Perignon has been credited for um, back in the back in the backs. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then it goes through <clears throat> what's called disgorgement. They take that crown ca- cap off. Uh, the yeast is expelled. Um, and then they fill it up uh, with wine again and put the cork. And then that's that. And that's the the process by which so they open it they open it let right. the let the uh, uh, the, let yeast. the uh, yeast escape yeah so the bottle is flipped it. upside down and that all that yeast um, uh, settles into the neck of the bottle they freeze that and that plug just gets popped out interesting and what's the we call sugared... that trub when you're making beer yeah okay that's, that's the bottom of it when you get all the yeast bodies the stuff. And stuff yeah yeah okay. and so the sugared um, <clears throat> Uh, wine that goes in the bottle is called the dosage, and that dosage, depending on how high it is, if it's between specific percentages, can be called brut, um, extra dry, demi sec, that, mm-hmm. those kinds of things, mm-hmm. and that determines, frankly, how how sweet the the, the wine is. Right. Um, that said, you can get notes of sweetness just from the fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, oftentimes, mm-hmm. if a what's called Blanc de Noir, if a sparkling wine is made with nothing but red grapes, uh, like Pinot Noir or Pinot Meunier, right? Um, you're still you still have a white or clear wine, but you'll get a bit more of a fruity kind of right. It's a little fruitier mm-hmm. on the palate. This one's a little fruity up front, yep. And then you get that tartness and it in, dries on the off at the end. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, but it's really it makes you it's want more. So well balanced. Mm-hmm. The Doritos effect is is uh, in full play here. Uh, without all, without all that pesky MSG. Yeah, right. with with uh, yeah. with every drink you want another sip and another, and it's really uh, that's really really good. And you're telling me that this bottle is on the menu yes. for under sixty bucks. That's right. That's pretty that's awesome. Pretty. Yeah, that's right. Because I it does it tastes like a uh, twice that without a doubt. Yeah. I, I don't believe this has any retail presence at all. So mm-hmm. you'll only be able to find it in places like Rainbow Launch and a handful of others. It's definitely worth checking out. Yeah, definitely worth checking out. I don't know what that sound was. But I'm just going <laughs> to say weird. it's a wine approval sound. It's a wine approval. <laughs> it's a thumbs up sound uh, for this one. That's really really good. Uh, you know, uh, so the last time me and my wife went to the uh, Rainbow, the Rainbow Lodge. Lodge uh, Mark came to our table and he asked, uh, the first question was, what's your, um, you know, not only what are you eating, but what's your price point that you mm-hmm. want ahead? Right. 
and he came in with a wine that was so fantastic so and half point. of that price point <laughs> and half of the price <laughs> point you mentioned yeah That's i awesome. mean it was unbelievable and we were just so happy and he took into account what we were having to eat and everything like that it was just such a fun time you know there's you as far as i'm concerned you get a lot of extra points when you do that mm -hmm. because we as customers always assume that it's your job to talk us into the most expensive thing we can afford. Yep. Right? And and that sometimes might be the right thing. That might be the thing that goes best with it. But when you when you come in and deliver, you go, hey, why don't you try this? It's not as much, but I think it's perfect for what you got. And and then we try it and it is, that's just that's brownie points. And I love I love doing that because first of all, what it does is it 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 puts a little bit more trust in me so that mm -hmm. the next time you come in and you say, Hey look, I really legit want to spend a couple hundred bucks on a bottle, let's go crazy, then you're going to go, Mark's going to bring me We're something gonna trust I that know you're gonna, that it's going to be It's going to be worth that money. Great, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But there's absolutely. a lot of there's a lot of little tip, uh, uh, secrets and Easter eggs on the on the menu. Even if you don't want to talk to the sommelier at any mm -hmm. restaurant or me at Rainbow, you there, there's always going to be something that you can find that I think is going to be great. Mark, mm -hmm. I remember during uh, the sort of more extreme lockdown phase of the pandemic. You guys were doing everything you could. You were doing curbside, uh, mm -hmm. uh, come in and pick things up. You were doing bottles of wine to go. Oh, Has, you were doing drink uh, drink packages where you- That's right. We made cocktail kits. Yeah, cocktail kits. I remember that. It was awesome. That was awesome. Um, now that people are back, going back out again, how is business for you guys now- versus before the pandemic have we gotten back to those levels have we exceeded those levels in terms of how busy people i'm trying to establish whether or not people are are back to the way things were yet or not or whether maybe it's even more because of being cooped up for you know such a long time so and they're ready to go out and splurge you we know? um uh, while the the cocktail kits have um, diminished the orders of those have diminished mm -hmm. uh, quite a bit we still do a robust takeout uh, oh, nice. Curbside. That um, sort of started during the pandemic, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but we've always worked with delivery partners. Um, right. But um, our, the presence of ordering from our website online to, for curbside pickup mm -hmm. has, has gear, yeah. jumped. I will say this, though. Um, the two months that we were closed, we did everything we could to, to help uh, bring business in. But the moment we opened, even at 50%, it was um uh, staggering the number of people that really wanted to be so we're a neighborhood restaurant you know yeah. we've been in the heights this location now for 15 years and the neighborhood has right. really embraced us and they really want um to be able to come in and visit their second home if you will mm -hmm. have a great meal and a couple good glasses of wine well it has that homey kind of yeah. a feel to it it's not one of those restaurants where you get the impression that the waiter's standing there hoping you'll vacate the table real quick that, you know right. it's not you that vibe as, at all you take you as know? long as you want yeah um and and i'll say this that yeah, business has never been better it's also not a place where you know they say oh you take as long as you want and you sit there after you're done with your meal and your drink and then you're waiting and you're waiting right and you're right because that's that's another one of those dirty little secrets i think places play this is not like that at all that's right you guys yeah. rock yeah. yeah, it really is. Well, but but you're saying you're as busy as you've ever been. Busy as ever. In fact, reservations are recommended mm. now. Where two years ago, three years ago, I probably would have said, yeah, you know what? It's we can find something for you. Right. But to get in on a Friday or Saturday night mm. or even a Sunday brunch, it's 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 advisable to make reservations mm. several 
uh, days or if not weeks in advance. Well, it's definitely time for I me think to make another one. That's going a lot with a lot of uh, restaurants, especially in the uh, upper end uh, restaurants. That it's they're getting so busy mm-hmm. on Friday and Saturdays. Mm-hmm. People are going out and doing stuff now. Yeah, but so, you call listeners. You call me. At the lodge, and okay. I will make sure Mark that you have will a get place you taken care of. <laughs> yeah, okay, awesome. that is good to know. You heard me. All right, we are going to take a break while I'm going to enjoy just a little more of this bubbly, and uh, we will be back. There's more wine to taste. Plus, we have a little uh, a little whiskey to get into. Uh, drinking news is on the way. Plus, cigars to watch for. All coming up, and a bonus mystery beer. Oh, that's right. I forgot about your mystery beer. You want to do, do that, that next? At the beginning of the next. Uh, All right, segment. fair enough. It's coming up. Okay, sometimes the stuff that happens between the segments has got to be repeated and put into the segments uh, because it's just too good. Ian has poured us a, a mystery beer, and as it came passed around, and here it is, I'll show it to the camera, uh, as it came and was passed around and I saw how dark and viscous it was, I said, why does it not surprise me that your mystery beer looks like it's going to be a big beer? To which Ian replied, I like big beers and I cannot lie, paraphrasing <laughs> Sir Mix-a-Lot. And Mark <laughs> offered up Baby Got Bach. So I think we have a song parody in the works here, guys. And, uh, and I really, I really to like come it. up with <laughs> That's good. You got, yeah. I'm available for parties. Onus is on you now, uh, uh, Ian, to, to come up with something. So so is there anything you want to tell us about this before we taste? You want to well, so I haven't bar? tried it. Oh, you haven't? I haven't. Uh, I saw it in a store. Um, it's been teased at for a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. And I haven't tried it at all, but I saw it yesterday, and I bought it, and I thought, "Ooh, that's going in my belly." This <laughs> I just tasted it. I just it tasted a chocolate so good, milkshake. Chocolate milkshake for sure, but it's beer, which makes you know, it even better. Chocolate beer shake, right? Mm-hmm. Now it doesn't strike me as one of the beers that has like lactose, you know. Uh, nope. In it that that's that kind of a milkshake beer, uh, but it just flavor wise, it is like there's a there's a winter spicy mm-hmm. uh, holiday thing going yes. on. Yeah. Yes, yeah. So um, interestingly enough, my uh, my thoughts on this too are, it's a little bit lighter in finish than I expected it to be. It's crisper. It has a little bit of a burnt caramel um, mm-hmm. aftertaste sure. uh, that that the hops are doing to it. Uh, like just bittering it enough to make it not sticky on the palate after you uh, after you swallow. I just it's a you. really really incredible balance of how sweet this is at the beginning. It this I think this is delightful. This is uh, I didn't know what to expect. I thought you were going to give us something that had Keegan, chunks you got in thoughts? it. No, <laughs> Keegan has no thoughts. Would you like to know what it is? I would love to know what it is. Oh my oh, goodness, wow. Yangling Hershey's Porter. Wow. Okay. So I totally get the Hershey's. Totally get the Hershey's because remember I said this is like a chocolate milkshake. And by the way, I, I made the joke earlier about my mom when we were kids. She would make us, you know, milkshakes with right, cocoa right. powder instead of Nestle's Quick. But I did learn later in life that the very best chocolate milk you can ever make is to just take a glass of milk and pour Hershey's syrup in it and start. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That is the so recipe good. for chocolate milk. So. And, this is a couple things. First off, uh, I've got some family up in Pennsylvania, 
and I've had the Yingling Porter, and the Yingling Porter is fantastic. Oh, it's very good. Yes, like it's beyond good. It's just it's one of the better porters mm-hmm. there is. Um, My and, favorite um, porter, if I can just Hershey, mention, also from Pennsylvania. Yes, oh, sorry, your is, favorite porter. I just want to say, I, just to give a shout out to my favorite porter in the world is the Five One Two Pecan Porter. That's fantastic. Five One Two Brewing that's, in Austin. That's, oh, so good, unbelievable. But uh, Hershey's also uh, from Pennsylvania, Hershey, Pennsylvania, to be exact. Mm-hmm. Um, so they they got together and they made Hershey's chocolate porter, uh, porter with natural. Hershey's chocolate flavors, and it is this. I've never tried it, but yeah, I agree. This is fantastic. Really I wonder good. if they sell this like at Hershey Park. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, uh, you know, and I happened to be in uh, Kroger yesterday, just doing some grocery shopping, and they had this. And I already had my quota of beer in my basket, <laughs> and I walked past, and I went, "What?" <laughs> so that went. You know, I, yeah. I broke my quota. You yesterday. broke your quota yesterday. <laughs> well, you did so for a very good reason. This is delightful. Honestly, you know, you talk about. Having every now and then, you know, we'll be out at a restaurant and the waiter will come around and say, do you want dessert? And I'll go, I'm going to have liquid dessert. This would really qualify as oh, a liquid yeah. dessert. It's so, like a dessert wine or like a really, really good uh, 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 spirit can sometimes work great as a dessert, but this tastes it. So I, I'm going to put a, a critical note on this. Uh, it has a little more bubbles than I would expect. The bubbles are a little harsher than I would expect, but it kind of gives it that, like you said, that Christmassy mm-hmm. um, vibe because it adds a little spice to the tongue. I don't think it's got that much spice in it. I think mm-hmm. the, the bubbles give it a spiciness on the tongue. Yeah, that um, that really add that um, flavor to it. It's interesting because usually when something's carved this much, I'm not you're not as big of a fan, as big yeah. of a fan of it. But this I think is, it works in this case. This is really good. And this one, so this has been out for a few years now, right? But we haven't been able to get it. So it came right. out, uh, I think, pre-pandemic. I think uh, I was seeing pictures of this, but there was no way well, to get it. And then Yangling just came in. Yeah, we've only like, been getting Yangling in Texas for a what, year, a year, or two. year and a half. Yeah, yeah. 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 And uh, and it hasn't been down here. So this is the first time I saw it. So I had to snap it up. I'm and always I had to happy. Bring it and try it. You know, when I see someone, you know, buying that in the grocery store or ordering it at a, at a restaurant. Do you ever do this? Like sometimes uh, like I, I I don't particularly like interacting with people all that much. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sort of I'm sort of not that guy. You know no, what I mean? Don't, don't say that. This is a radio show. No, we but I'm just saying like... when, I, when I'm out, I just I just You're like I'm talking know, at them. Not for the them. most part, that's different if it's you know the waiter or, or someone that you're going no, to interact with. Right. Hell. But I'm just saying uh, most of the time, you know, if you get on the elevator with me, we don't need to have a conversation for 23 floors. We really don't. I mean, it's Mm-mm. it's okay if we just kind of nod at each other and so, and, you know, and that's I, I'm it. I'm going to point out the elevator at your building for 23 floors. Yeah, takes less time than the elevator at this building for, for three. Oh, there's no question, <laughs> no question. We have the slowest elevator in the world. But but my point is that uh, I'm not necessarily one to strike up conversations uh, uh, like with strangers on my own. Right. That said, sometimes if I'm at a bar and I see somebody ordering like a Bud Light or something, or, or I'm at a, and I'm, I'm telling this cause I want to know if you do this too, or you're at a, uh, you're at a, a, a beer store or something and you see them loading it into their cart. So I'm almost overcome with the desire to go up and tap this person on the shoulder and, and say, you realize there's so much better beer. Yeah. You know, and not in a condescending way, but to see if I could just get so them, you know. just try a yingling. 
try, you know, try, yeah. uh, try a shiner, uh, try uh, a... exactly, try something like this, uh, text, uh, try a... right, try the, uh, the Kima Suprema that we had, yeah, here that that was lager, really good. which by the way, I went and bought more of, and that's a really, really good beer. But the, the point is like, you don't have to be into, you know, the wildest barley wine, you know, instead of, but like, you could, you could try something that's, that's a really good you, lighter beer. Do you get this urge when you see people buy a box? Uh, a box of wine? <laughs> <laughs> a box of bottles of wine? No. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, no, a box. No. You know. but, but what if you see someone buy February like, vintage? And, and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to like slag anybody. Tastes but, like Thursday. But if they bought, if they're buying like a barefoot wine or something where you go, you know what? You don't have to spend very much more to get something that's actually, you know, so uh, much here's, better in here's my range. thinking on that. I, I believe that people really enjoy what they really enjoy, and yeah, if right. they're if they're willing to um, want to ex- if they want to expand their their palates right. and they want to ask my opinion, I am happy to give it to them. Right. That said, I am thrilled that people if people just drink what they like. Well, and I'm that way about music. I always yeah. say, you know what? Uh, yeah, like true. like what you like. Don't you don't have to it doesn't a, have to you don't even have to call standard. it a guilty pleasure. Right. Just yeah, it enjoy have to it. Some I mean, Justified well, is a great album. Something else to consider is What is just Justified is a great album. Justin Timberlake. Yeah. That's a great, great album. album. Yeah. You don't have to call I it a guilty pleasure or nothing. Yeah, no. It's it's Put all right. it out there. Uh I like Neil Diamond. Is that a guilty pleasure? No. Back in my flaky ash days. Okay, good, good, good to know. <laughs> good to know. Flaky no, ash. But, but I'm also I'm also acutely aware of those people whose palates aren't very discerning, and they really don't care. And and that's that's perfectly fine. Look, it tastes like wine. Okay, then drink whatever you'd like. Right. So so you don't get the urge if they're buying a bottle of white Zinfandel to say, hey, try this instead. Well, I, I will just say this: um, you won't find white Zinfandel on the list of Rainbow Lodge. Well, I, I, w- I wouldn't expect. I would if if I did, I would have to revise my thinking about white Zinfandel because yeah. obviously you would have found something that was worth making. And we've your had menu. we've had lots of really great rosé here, but yeah, none yeah. of which have been right. white Zinfandel. So uh, you brought rosé years ago. It was uh, wonderful. One of my one of my wife's friends was staying uh, staying the weekend with us on her way traveling from one place to another. And uh, we were sitting around having a few drinks, and I, I think I was having a barley wine or some stout of some sort. <laughs> and she was looking at my beer with the with the funniest look, and she's like, "What are you drinking?" <laughs> That's all I started explaining. She says, "Well, that sounds interesting. Can I try some?" I said, "Sure." She takes a sip, and she makes this face, and she goes, "That tastes like poison." <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, I don't really know what to say about that. <laughs> Uh, you know what I would have said? Never trust a big button to smile. More for oh, me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. We have more tasting to do. In fact, Mark has a couple more wines. We're going to taste some of this uh, Milam and Green whiskey from Blanco, Texas. And uh, I enjoyed your mystery beer. Nice it's pretty fun, huh? That may have been better than some of the mystery beers that I brought on the program. <laughs> uh, but uh, we'll be right back. I love that. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It's smoking and toasting. That was a good crackly uh, uh, opening sound you made there. It's uh, really quite nice. Uh, as Ian opens the whiskey, 
Yeah. All right. That was good. That was good. <laughs> Quiet, but good. I like uh, it when you get the scrunchy sounds from oh, the cork. Oh, I didn't the, get that this time. It's it's kind of like a DJ scratching that sound. You know, it's right? the whiskey equivalent. But tastier. Uh, of, but much tastier, <laughs> yes. Um, so we're uh, definitely going to be trying some whiskey from a uh, what, what you would call a craft distillery here. Uh, this uh, distillery from Blanco, Texas, Milam and Green. Uh, and I thought it'd be a good time for us to talk about this new list from USA Today. Uh, they polled their listeners and asked for the 10 best craft whiskey distilleries in the United States. And here's what they came up with. Number 10. You got to tell me, Balcony's got to be on there. Right? Number 10, Wyoming Whiskey from Kirby, Wyoming. We shall see. Uh, number nine, Rogue Spirits from Newport, Oregon. Interesting. Okay. Uh, number eight, Balfour Spirits from Dallas, Texas. Are you familiar with Balfour? I have not. I've seen it. I've had yeah. Balfour, but uh, I... You haven't been to the, sti the distillery, no, no. though. All right. Number seven is Wiggle Whiskey Distillery from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I've I like never the heard name. Of that. Interesting. Uh, it's not W-I-G-G-L-E Wiggle, but it's a single G, but it's still Wiggle Whiskey Distillery. Uh, number six is Stranahan's Colorado Whiskey from oh, Denver, Colorado. Okay. So I've had Stranahan's, found, had it, found it to be quite good. Uh, number five is from New Haven, Kentucky. It is the Log Still Distillery. Um, very interesting. I, I'm not familiar with that one at all. Uh, number four, Limestone Branch from Lebanon, Kentucky. Interesting. Okay. And, and again, these were submitted by listeners. This, so this isn't like a critics uh, list. It's a listener list. Number three, Heaven Hill Distillery in Bardstown, oh, yeah. Kentucky. Yeah, Heaven so, Hill is thought, pretty, yeah, pretty yeah, that's, fantastic. I, I pretty visited awesome. there when I was there. Nice. From Lovingston, Virginia, number two, the Virginia Distillery Company. And number one on this list from Denison, Texas, Iron Root Republic. Wow, Came great in job, at Iron number Root. one. Now, we've had uh, Iron Root's uh, people on the show before, they're so and their fun. whiskey is good. They're so fun. It's very good. I will agree with you, though. It's hard to look at a list like this and not that see doesn't include balconies yeah. and, and be you know totally okay with it. And you know, remember, these are all like craft distilleries, smaller distilleries. So I don't know if something like let's say whistle pig would be considered too big to be a part of this that's, i don't know that's tough because that's it's kind of like it's kind of like calling uh sam adams a craft it is but it is but it's, it's the big, one of the bigger crafts yeah, that, that, are, that are out there so like macro anyway, craft or whatever I, the whole reason i wanted to do that list was to congratulate iron root republic because those guys make great whiskeys i still have some in the bar at home mm -hmm. and i love it and they've uh, been on a show twice now yes they have and they brought great and mom is awesome yeah yeah mom is great that's <laughs> mom right. is awesome. i uh, love it i absolutely love it so uh, they should they should have them at the uh, whiskey social coming up here. Whiskey oh, social is coming right. up real it's quick. Be, in fact, we got to get Chris Hart back on the show because we always try to have him on before the whiskey social. That's so true. We need to we need to work on that. I'll make. We got to get Mark to the whiskey social. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, that's easy. Actually, you should come and just hang with us for the whiskey yeah. session. Yeah, I will. I'd be happy to. Do oh, that. love it, love it. Okay, that we'll plan on it. It's going to be awesome. Love it. All right. So, Milam and Green, Ian, you've uh, done any research here so you far? Like cinnamon. Oh, I do like cinnamon. I, I like, you like cinnamon? I like cinnamon and whiskey, actually. So. You like cinnamon? This smells like cinnamon, and it tastes like it smells. It really, uh, it's really good. It's really sweet and cinnamony and um, and round. Ooh. And, and Ooh. Uh, Keegan just took his sip, <laughs> and he made, he made this show, yeah. motion. Yeah. Oh, it's boy, really, you're, really, there's you're a, so right about cinnamon, though. If I, I was a watching. Burnt, there's a slightly burnt lumber kind of thing going on in the background so, that I just absolutely love, charred yeah. lumber kind of thing. I was watching the Astros game the other night, the one that went 18 innings, and the Astros finally mm -hmm. won. Um, and they were showing Dusty Baker, the Astros manager, and he was in – It was. 
inning 18. He's in uh, the dugout and he's chewing on one of those toothpicks that I'm almost positive is the one of those hot sticks. cinnamon hot sticks like we used to get back in school. And that is what this reminds me of. This, so this of the vibe of the cinnamon. This it's, is as cinnamon as a whiskey gets. Like, this is all right. pretty amazingly good. So I want to issue this Without as a Without being a cinnamon whiskey. Well, this is not uh, right. fireball. This is not that right. BS. That's this exactly is like for what real. Was, this is exactly where I was going to go. I wanted to issue this challenge. If you're somebody who has had and enjoyed Fireball, but you're ready to like graduate a little, this is the whiskey you should try because uh, it is better than that sort of flavored whiskey. But it's going to have that cinnamon that you enjoyed in the Fireball, and it's very prominent keep, and very delicious. I keep loving this. There's a real kind of uh, astringent, almost young wood note happening at the yes. very end of the palate. I know too. what you're talking about, young wood. But I kind of like the it. Greenness. You know? yeah, yeah. It's a, yeah, the green kind of lumber kind of thing going on. Like you're chewing on a sapling. But it's <laughs> good, and it works well, and there's a mineral water thing, and then there's this vanilla-y thing that's happening. Mm -hmm. There's, like, all these little things happening. This so is really I'm good. Going to, I'm going to make a suggestion. Whomever's taking this bottle home with them, save some for the holidays and mm -hmm. put it in your favorite eggnog. Oh, oh I, I bet that would be great. Yeah. I bet that would be great. It's so cinnamony. Ian, it's got a little gold tag around the neck. Did it win something? So it says, I was just about to address this bottle. It says, uh, let's see the front of the tag here. Um, wine Enthusiast, 93 points. Mm. Uh, for more info, visit Wine Enthusiast. Uh, on the bottle. It's a pretty uh, high rating. Milam and Green. Um, when facing down a great bear, don't play dead. Rather... <laughs> Make light of the situation. Keep eye contact and pour a drink for two. You know, whenever I whenever I look for advice on what to do if I'm facing down a bear, I always try to go to a whiskey bottle. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's where I want to get. Sometimes my, eat the bar. Sometimes the bar <laughs> eat you. Yeah, uh, but that's pretty. That's pretty good. What's the well, um, alcohol uh, content on this? So this is forty seven percent. Uh, so it's a little overproof, and it, it has heat. Like this yeah. is this is not gentle. Like it's not like you drink this and go smooth. This is this is a big. You know you're drinking a whiskey, and it's very cinnamony, and it's very. Uh, it actually tastes almost more uh, overproof than it is, if you yeah. ask yeah. me, because it's so got a big whiskey asked. hug. It right? Seems but, like a bit, a but in the, in the best possible way. It says uh, what you hold in your hand is premium batch whiskey created with both uh, luxurious co uh, created with both luxurious cocktails and relaxing sipping in mind. Made by marrying beautifully matured straight bourbon whiskeys that were distilled by our team in both Kentucky and Texas with a hint of Tennessee bourbon for the structure, the richness and texture is uh, richness of textures and aromas will uh, envelop you. The Milam and Green team uh, are the most experienced craft whiskey makers in USA. For more information, please visit milamandgreenwhiskey.com. I just, I just want to mention, by the way, that uh, I bought this at Specs, and this was the least. There were three different Milam and Green bottles on the shelf. This was the least expensive of the three. Uh, the other two were a uh, smaller batch, and uh, I believe one may have been. Um, May have been single batch, uh, but in any case, they have some that go up in price from here. This was right around forty dollars. Oh, oh, this is good. So not you an can taste. You can see whiskey. like once it, once I read that like this is they had the mixing in mind. That's mm -hmm. why that cinnamon is so powerful. I, think, I wonder if there's um, a heavier rye component um, in this in the mob. Yeah, uh, in the mash bill. Mash bill. Yeah, yeah. 
could be it's, it's because it's you get a little of that pepperiness. There's a spicy kind of yeah. yeah. Could be, but I like that. I'm I'm a fan of the rye. So this will be one that I will put on my shelf. This is this is that kind of good. It's interesting. It's Smoking fun. and toasting directly impacting sales. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, one hundred percent always happens. Cheers. But see, it's funny how it finishes because it finishes with this big whiskey hug and then this this light cinnamon spice, mm-hmm. and it just kind of fades off. It's mm-hmm. interesting. It doesn't uh, doesn't stick right, it doesn't, to you. It's it, not. It's a whiskey hug and then gone. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, and I don't get a lot of the sweetness that lingers. It, it's mm-hmm. a definitely sweeter right. um, uh, style, but it doesn't lean. It's not sticky. It doesn't linger for very right, long. Right, right. And the mouthfeel is actually about a medium. It's not mm-hmm. like real mm-hmm. real round or real watery. Absolutely. It's, it's kind of in the middle. You're, right. You're absolutely right. Well, uh, I, I think this one's a success. I'm going to give this a, it's yeah, a triple good, cask. Good guess uh, on blend this. Blend of straight bourbon whiskeys and Milam and green. And, guys, it's not expensive. It's about a $40 bottle. So, love yeah. it. In these days when, you know, prices are seem to be going up, I was, uh, there's a, a tequila that I like to use for um, for margaritas because I make a lot of margaritas at home. And it is the El Amo Reposado. Mm-hmm. They have an Añejo that's wonderful. But the Reposado, I've been able to get it in the big bottle. Mm-hmm. For you know, thirty bucks, and it's mm-hmm. like amazing. Well, I, I was back at Specs this weekend. It's now forty four. Like things seem to be going up so yeah, much. So when you can up. find uh, something that is in the you know lower price range, this is not the cheapest whiskey you can buy, but it's in that what I call you know tier one, I guess of of whiskeys. And when it's this good, I think that's very impressive. I think we need to set up an under $25 challenge for whiskey. Okay. And see who can find the best whiskey for under 25 Okay, so we'll put this out as a challenge now. Anyone listening who can find something they believe to be a good whiskey that's under $25, let us know. We'll buy it, and then we'll get a group of them together, and we'll do a blind taste test for under $25 whiskey. That'd be fun. There you go. You still as, have as, your Ancient age. Uh, I think I do. (laughs) I don't think I've polished that bottle off yet. (laughs) And that is under $25 whiskey. Now, how much is Buffalo Trace now? Uh, I'm assuming it's over 25 now. I think, last, I think it's closer to 30. Last time yeah. I bought it, I remember, you know, like a couple of years ago, I would have said it's 23 to 24, mm-hmm. but I think it's 27 now. Is that is that about right? Anybody know? I did, mm-hmm. I, I'm paying a different uh, price for right, it. But, right, right. So I think it's I think it's 26 to 27 when you find it. And and recently, I haven't been able to find the smaller bottles. All I can find is the yeah. combat bottles, which yeah. is like 40, right. 35-ish, 40-ish, which is fine with me because, you mm-hmm. know, yum. Because well, all, all the 50 mils are going to United. So, oh. uh, see, that's what happens, right? That's <laughs> what happens. Well, all right. So, so challenge accepted. If you guys know of a uh, uh, of a really good under twenty five dollar whiskey, uh, leave it for us in the show notes. Email us uh, and let us know, and we will go out and, and or collect just call some of me these. direct, Josh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we would put the number on the screen, Josh, but it wouldn't matter. Uh, <laughs> Josh is one of our audio-only uh, listeners. So, Got it. Okay. Uh, it, it happens. All right. So one of the things we wanted to do in this segment was not only taste the whiskey, but also move to the next wine. And so, Mark, tell us about the process of moving from something that put this on our palate to the next thing being a wine. Do we need 
a palate cleanse here? Are we okay? What, what What's I, the I, best thing? I think we'll be fine. You know, um, it happens every day in, in restaurants all around the world. Somebody mm-hmm. starts with a martini or a cocktail and then it sounds like a wonderful idea. A, exactly. Right. <laughs> and then orders a bottle of wine for dinner. Which martini goes with cornflakes? I mean, says, I, oh, oh you're not talking about starts with like I'm, for breakfast. I'm working oh, on yeah. one. <laughs> Mellow corn. <laughs> In these cases, remember the answer is always D, all of the above. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so, which which am I going to the right one here? Uh, yeah. Mark? Okay. Yeah. All right, so. Um, so, so what I've brought for you uh, today, this is Ooh. from a uh, producer. If that's the funky one, it's not. The right one. All right, no, me, this is a fruitier one. The uh, fruity, fruity, yeah. fruity dry. Oh yeah, this is this okay. is the fruity one. So this is Syrah. It is um, a Rhone varietal, and what I mean by that is from the Rhone region of France that um, sits above uh, or rather below Burgundy. They are known for growing Syrah, Grenache, Morvedra. This is a Syrah, um, but it's domestic. This is from Jaduzzi. Um, it's from Paso Robles, um, which uh, is an area kind of halfway between L.A. and San Francisco, and they do a really great job in that area at growing um, Rhone varietals. Jay Doozy um, uh, has their own vineyard, and a lot of people um, source from the Doozy vineyard. Um, the, the, this is, happens to be make, made by the same people that actually farm um, and, and, and work the the um, the vineyard, um, it's all Syrah. A uh, couple of years, 2018, but like Syrah, uh, uh, like most Syrah, it, it's going to have a bit more of a fruity characteristic. Um, the last time I tasted this, and I, I haven't tasted it yet today, but the last time I tasted it, I remembered a. We were talking about you know candy and the sweetness that could come mm-hmm. from just the fruit flavors, just the grape itself. I yeah. did get kind of a hard candy kind of um, flavor mm-hmm. behind it. Now, of course, it's been open for a few minutes. So no, I, 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 I get what you're talking about. Here. The, There's almost like the the, the red lifesaver going mm-hmm. on here. You know, I, I don't think coming from that whiskey, I think the flavors actually are oddly complimentary. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Because it's not it, you're not getting the super spicy. You're going to get the sweet juicy instead. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you're right. That juiciness, that that sweet, juicy, but there's slight tartness to yeah. it. Yeah. It is Sweet like a red lifesaver, yeah. which yeah. was always my favorite uh, lifesaver. Mark, from a grape standpoint, can we agree that the pineapple lifesaver is not? It should they never should have happened. That's no, terrible. it should never have happened. Uh, Mark, from a from a grape standpoint, what is the difference between Syrah and Shiraz? Okay, um, they're pr- they're the same thing. They're the same. They grape. Really, it's just a different word for the same. In grape? the southern hemisphere, they call it Shiraz. Okay. Uh, specifically in Australia. Am I, am I pronouncing it wrong? Is it Shiraz, not Shiraz? I think it depends on where you are. Okay. Um, the Australians say Shiraz, but they say everything <laughs> just jacked up, right? They also say, hey, Mike. That's right. <laughs> There's that. <laughs> and they all happen to be in town for some, whatever reason. There were two in town last week. I've got a lunch with one I next week. It. I love it. But, uh, but, um, and, but the, and the Australians produce some really beautiful um, wines. The the area in Australia known for Shiraz is the area around Adelaide called Barossa. Okay. Um, and it's and it's, it's this big bowl of, uh, of vineyards that gets lots of sun, um, and it's quite warm there. And they do just a really great job at at Shiraz. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and and the 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 trend had been in Australia to produce these wines that you could drink with a fork. These really thick and <laughs> really viscous. thick and heavy. Yeah. yeah. Um. And that's thank God that's moving away. We're moving away from that mm-hmm. style of of Shiraz in Australia. But there are Shiraz or Shiraz that um are produced in other parts of the world, like this guy from from um, from Paso Robles that I think is a really great example of of what the grape is and and um, and how it can be produced in, in a really pleasing way. I, I really enjoy this wine. And then Syrah is just a, a word for it when it comes from other yeah uh, other other locations. That's what right? the French call it. Yeah, there's kind of a gentle like savoriness behind the uh, fruit on this. And too, you that get that with Rhone varietals, yeah. And this is one of the reasons why we think that those varietals, Syrah, Grenache, Morvedra, they're all really good with the food at the lodge. That, that gamey that food, savoriness, really, especially when you're talking about a really. Um, uh, a piece of, uh, of meat that doesn't have a lot of uh, fat to it. Mm. Buffalo, for example. You know, we sell buffalo steaks all day long. I have long. had buffalo steaks in your restaurant. Yeah. They're quite delicious. And this is a great pairing with it because it needs a little bit of juice. It needs a little bit of... To, right, because that meat is more lean. That's right. So it, it kind of juices it up, so yeah. to speak. With, so, and with antelope and elk, this is also a really great yeah, pairing. Elk. The elk is really, really good. Yeah, it's place too. I had the last time uh, that my wife and I were there, I had that... Meat sampler. I, I forget what you call it. What, what is the, <laughs> the well? So we have two. We have the taste of the wild, which is a smaller appetizer portion. No, I had the full. And then on, there's the 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 full on game that comes with yeah. a, a a quail. It comes with some venison. Yes, maybe a chop of some sort, a, a mm-hmm. boar chop. Yeah, it kind of rotates. Was a boar chop, and and but it had elk too, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. It was so good. Really, really nice. So good. You know what? What is wonderful about that to to step away from wine and into the food segment for a moment, but. When you're tasting those things almost like side by side, mm-hmm. it is so interesting to compare and contrast. Yeah. It's kind of like getting to do this with the wines here to be able to compare and contrast this against whatever the next one is, which I understand is supposed to be funky. Yeah, so, yeah it's going to be so, fun and funky. So, exactly, but, but you have exactly a really well. interesting point, I think, that tasting the wines on their own, great. Tasting yeah. the food with the wine changes everything up. Mm-hmm. Um, and not in a bad way, because what you get are the f- some different lingering flavors from whatever you're eating mm-hmm. that's mixing with these lingering flavors. Because you're, I'm still tasting this wine in, in my mouth, and it's been, mm-hmm. I don't know, yeah. a minute now since right, I've had right. a sip. Um, and so well, that, that's too long. Th- it, well, <laughs> cheers. <laughs> he knows how to fix this. I fixed it. It's like, it's like that old— All better now. It's like that old—remember that old commercial for Wolf Brand Chili where the guy with the cowboy accent was like— how long has it been since you had a hot steaming bowl of Wolf Brand chili? And then he would pause for a second and he'd go, well, that's too long. I want to point something out. Yeah. Have you ever taken a hot steaming bowl of Wolf Brand chili? No. It's, it's not good. <laughs> no, it's not. Like out I of will a can. Say, I will say in <laughs> fairness. Chili out of a can is not so good. <laughs> I will say in fairness, if you warm up their uh, chili with no beans and put it over your hot dog with some cheese, pretty damn good that's different that's yeah. chili sauce at that yeah, point exactly exactly but yes i'm just i don't know how do, mark how do we, a little how horrified do we, by that how do we get <laughs> off on his face so he's like he's i like, gotta oh, be no. honest with you i'm thinking about a local uh, burger chain <laughs> that just got reviewed by the food critic at, at chronicle about yeah. their chi- chili cheese frito burger yeah and she really liked it yeah, and, which means and, I'm and, stopping at Waterburger on the way home. Okay, well, so I spent I spent a number of years in San Antonio. There was a restaurant downtown San Antonio 
not downtown, but just outside of downtown, um, that had a, and, and I've learned to actually make these, uh, what I consider to be one of the greatest burgers of all time. It's a flame grilled, you know, piece of hamburger meat with a layer of refried beans and Fritos. And it is, and then salsa. And it is one of the oh, most wonderful taste experiences you will ever have. Kind of similar to. It's the bean know, dip burger. It's the bean dip burger. That and it's good. really good. And the crunch of the that. Fritos and the salt. Oh, perfect. I don't know. I don't know how we got off on this. This wine is delicious, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> see, that's what good wine does, though. You see what just happened it, here? It, it, it initiates that kind of do. conversation, right? <laughs> see you next yeah. week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh man, no! This this is really wonderful, and uh, so this is Jay Ducey, is mm-hmm. how you say this. It really is wonderful, and it's a uh, 2018 uh, Syrah. What is that uh, going to sell for in your menu? So around the same price, sixty bucks. No kidding. Yeah, maybe no sixty five. But yeah. I don't know whether to be offended that you didn't bring us any of the expensive stuff, or be excited <laughs> at how good this is at that price. Well, and that's you know? and that's really my goal. You know, there's lots of crazy expensive things on the list. Mm-hmm. One of the things that that I didn't mention about coming back after the pandemic is everybody's got lots more money now. Because um, they were saving it when yeah, they weren't and, going and out, and they right? want to spend it. And so my my the wine list at Rainbow Launch has gone considerably up. But I really wanted to make sure that I had some some really great Easter eggs, these really great deals for Love people it. who didn't want to spend the money. And honestly, um, you could spend three times this for that Cabernet that um, has a silver label that everyone thinks is great um and i think that this is a much better wine for a third of the cost well it's kind of i'm kind of like that with cigars like yeah. i love you know if i've got a, a 15 or 20 dollar cigar and i decide i'm going to smoke it now i'm expecting a good experience and if i get one i'm happy but when i'm really happy is when i smoke that 5 or 6 dollar mm-hmm. cigar and well, i get a, an experience that's well there's above a, there's that, a level right? of the obvious you know if if you're going to go out and you're going to spend $100 on a whiskey. You are expecting it to be good. You're expecting to get what mm-hmm. you pay for, all that kind of stuff. And I'm talking sure. about retail price. Um, but when you can find one that's a third of that price that you enjoy and just really as much, you up. Yeah. that's actually, I think, an even better feeling. You know what I mean? Like it's you enjoy like, it a yeah. little more because you feel like you got away with something. You know, there's right. that. It's kind, of like, <laughs> it's kind of like when women go clothes shopping and they find that great deal. Mm, right it's right. the same excitement i think you know i think this so, outfit was only 30 bucks and you would have expected to pay 130 for it yeah. so so in his defense like he could he could bring you know a 300 dollar or 400 dollar wine i'm sure we'd be impressed. and i'm sure we'd love it yeah. but bringing something that's ultimately affordable that you can walk in and and, and frankly you know i'm not going to walk in uh, I, i'm not at a price point in my life where i can walk in and say i need a 400 dollar bottle of wine sure mm-hmm. Um, and so I love the fact that you can walk in and get something fantastic on a wonderful night out at your restaurant. I just want to show this to the camera again because and not feel like if that is in that price range. I'm so impressed. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. not feel like you have to uh, what sort like like settle or anything like that because right. it's fantastic. Yeah, right? and 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 wonderful. that's and that's one of the things that I just want to make sure that there there are some things out there. No, you've never heard of them. But trust me, this is my job. This well, is what and, I do. And again, you're gonna love it. That's why it's good to have a relationship yeah. with someone like you at our favorite restaurants because we can come in and go, Mark. Here's my budget. 
you know, rock my world. I got you. You know, and yep. and I love that. It's like, it's like the greatest thing. And this is something that AI will never be able to do. Well, and there's a you couple. Know? There's a couple cool things about that. One is you go in there and you start that relationship, and like I come in there a few times, you start to realize what I like, what I'm more excited about, mm -hmm. right? Those kind of things. And then I start learning, okay, well, these are the things that I like. So if I walked in on your day off, I don't think you have one, but if I walked in on your day off. <laughs> How um, about right now? <laughs> then I could I could feel real solid about going, hey, this is what I had last time. I'm going to love this, you know, right, those kind right. of things. Absolutely. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, it's time for Drinking News. It'll be time for our final uh, glass of wine. And uh, that's kind of sad, actually, or, or, or exciting, depending on how you choose to look at it. But uh, uh, Drinking News <laughs> is coming up, and this is Smoking and Toasting. Thanks for hanging with us. Woo. Welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasting. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars, and we are so glad that you are here with us and enjoying it and that our special guest uh, is in the studio, and that's Mr. Mark Burrell, our uh, our resident smoking and toasting wine expert who has brought some amazing wines, and we've only had two of the three. So um, I have no doubt that we're going to love <laughs> number three uh, just, just as much. We're, we're really excited about it. Uh, Mark, you've been with us before, so you know the drill. It's time now for the most popular segment on the program. It's a little thing we like to call drinking news drinking news drinking news now, uh, did you want to sing this one no you go ahead no, are you sure i think <laughs> i think you're doing a great job <laughs> drinking news drinking news now i need somebody with some harmony drinking news drinking news you don't want me to try drinking news. <laughs> now it's time for drinking news a florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet when asked about his absent arm, he said, uh, I had to take my gator to the vet. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. That's so, that's so Keegan. <laughs> uh, so I just wanted to mention, Mark, at the end of the show, and we're, we're, we're creating these and stockpiling them, we're having different guests come in, uh, and we're going to ask you to do this on video. We'll want you to take a sip of wine contemplate and then look into the camera and give the i had to take my gator to the vet line. can do so if you can do that for us <laughs> at the end of the show and then it will appear in future segments of drinking news where Perfect. we cut to the video so all right we're going back a couple of years i won't charge you that much no problem thank you Appreciate it. <laughs> for a voice for a voiceover, <laughs> voiceover spot, uh, fee yeah, yeah. Uh, we're going back a couple of years for today's drinking news story but i do think it will be worth it we actually weren't even doing drinking news when this incident took place but if we had been you can bet that we would have brought it to you. So today's story falls under the banner of Better Late Than Never. Uh, please take a sip of something delicious and enjoy. Oh, I just did. That is. Oh. <laughs> so we're going to get to it's... this. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll leave it. I, I'm drinking more of it. Hold on to that thought. We've all seen the evangelists on TV begging for money. Claiming that if you send in cash to help them buy that new private jet that they 
of course, must have to do God's work, uh, that the Almighty will look upon you favorably, will give you blessings, and will welcome you with open arms into heaven. <laughs> you can't once spread you God shed words, this mortal God's coil. word from United. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, come on. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> from JetBlue? Are you kidding? <laughs> but as brazen as these guys are, and as many lies as they tell the faithful in order to fleece them for more and more of their hard-earned life savings, I none like of that them— you use the word fleeced, you know, yeah. Lamb of God and all that Yes. Uh, see, I, I'm tying it in. So none of these guys have ever, though, gone quite so far as to actually try to sell you a ticket to heaven. But never fear, your ticket to the pearly gates is here. All because a Florida man. <laughs> there we go. I should have warned you. <laughs> a Florida man and his wife have got you covered. Or at least they did before the authorities stepped in. Uh, Tito and Amanda Watts were finally arrested for selling golden tickets to heaven to hundreds of people. The couple who sold the tickets on the street for $99.99 per ticket told buyers that the tickets were made from solid gold and that each ticket reserved the buyer a spot in heaven. Simply present the ticket at the pearly gates and you're in. This, of course, it sounds legit. is ridiculous enough all by itself. But what is even more amazing is what Tito Watts said in his police statement. And I'm quoting here. I don't care what the police say. The tickets are solid gold. It ain't cut up two by fours. I spray painted gold. And it was Jesus who gave them to me behind the KFC. <laughs> Because that's where that we all know the that Jesus was Jesus. That a, was not Jesus. That's where we all know that Jesus hangs out behind the KFC. <laughs> Jesus. It was Jesus who gave them to me behind the KFC and said to sell them so I could get me some money to go to outer space. I met an alien named Stevie who all said right, if right, I... Right, right. No, no, I feel like I may have met the Salem before. Go ahead. Uh, I met an alien named Stevie who said if I got the cash together, he'd take me and my wife on his flying saucer to his planet that's made entirely of crack cocaine. You can smoke all the crack cocaine there you want totally free. But so, that's bad for the environment if the if the planet's actually made of it, right? You're smoking the planet. So try that's to not send, good. So try to send an innocent man to jail and see what happens. You should arrest Jesus because he's the one who gave me the golden tickets and said to sell them. I'm willing to wear a wire and set Jesus up. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Taking one for the team. His wife, Amanda Watts, had his back. Well, not so much. Uh, she said in her police statement, quote, We just wanted to leave Earth and go to space and smoke rock cocaine. I didn't do nothing. Tito sold the golden tickets to heaven. I just watched. <laughs> police say that they confiscated over $10,000 in cash, five crack pipes. Slow down, Turbo. Slow down. So first off, I, just from the quote that you gave me, like these people don't sound like the most believable people. Who the hell were they talking to that oh, they got a hundred dollars oh, from each oh, person? We're getting there. We're getting there. Oh, right. Police right. said. Police My fault. Said Let that, me back off. Police said they confiscated over ten thousand dollars like, in cash, five crack pipes, and a baby alligator. 
Oh, well, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so, that a doubt. That's, that's, <laughs> so, so two things here. If heaven <laughs> does really exist, I'm pretty sure you don't get to go there for $99.99 in American cash. I'm thinking it might have something to do with how you live your life or your relationship with a particular deity, not something you buy on a street corner in St. Petersburg, Florida at 3.15 in the morning. Just saying. And two, if it really is possible to actually buy a Willy Wonka golden ticket to the afterlife, maybe do a little vetting of the salespeople first. If they turn out to be in possession of five crack pipes and a baby alligator, I'm no religious expert, <laughs> but we're not exactly talking Billy Graham here. I, I, right? I do want to point out that this, is, this has a precedent. Yeah. And we're talking about like uh, a few centuries ago. Yeah. Uh, where unfortunately uh, there were clergy selling mm -hmm. tickets. Mm -hmm. You spend this much, you give us yeah. this much money, and you will go. And this was a serious thing. Like that's well, this guy has he yeah. understands his history, apparently, and that may be the only thing he understands. <laughs> and look, well, I, and how to get to outer space? I have to ask. He's obviously been listening to sticks. Come yeah, on, exactly. <laughs> Come sail away with me. That's right. Uh, so, uh, as you were bringing up earlier, who are the idiots who actually bought this? I got to know because, tickets. like, this guy does not sound like the 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 yeah. golden throated sales pitch. You know, based on the over ten thousand dollars that was confiscated, we can mathematically figure that Tito and Amanda Watts actually sold at least 100 of these things. Yeah, mathematically, that works yeah. out perfect. I still haven't gotten my money back. Uh, <laughs> apparently, P.T. Barnum was right when he said there's a sucker born every sucker minute. Born <laughs> what the legendary circus man left out was that apparently the overwhelming majority of these suckers are either born in Florida or they get there as fast as they can. Reporting live from the pearly gates where St. Peter says... My golden ticket has to be fake because it's not issued by Ticketmaster. My name is Cruz, and that is your... Drinking news, drinking news. That's our time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. See, I was savoring the wine. I had to actually swallow it to do the cheers, y'all. So this wine uh, is... So, uh, yeah, we're going to jump right to this, okay. Mark, because this is... Uh, this is earthy. This is so uh, uh, funky, earthy, wonderful. This, this is, is earthy. This is really complex in a in a wonderful, wonderful way. It is. Um, so this has ties to Bordeaux. Um, Bordeaux is a region in western France. So when I think of Bordeaux, I think big. You think big. You think bold. You think right. Right. There are five grapes that um, that can be that can be can, when combined be called Bordeaux and okay. grown in that area. Mm -hmm. One of those grapes is Malbec. Malbec, I love Malbec doesn't come from South America. Mm. Some do, but Malbec's history comes from France, specifically a place near Bordeaux called Cahors. Um, what and the hell do you say? <laughs> What'd you call me? Uh, but um, and in Cahors, it's a it, the majority of the wine. Uh, the grapes that are grown in Cahors is Malbec. In the late 1800s, there was a tiny little bug that was eating the rootstocks of the vines in France. And mm. so what the French did was send trimmings and clippings to South America merely to perpetuate the species. Right. Um, and it 
did well there. And this is why you see a lot of Malbec coming from South coming America, from, South from America. Argentina, yep. mm-hmm. right? But its its birthplace is in is in France, is in Western France. And this is what we have here. This is from Chateau Eugenie. Yeah, because I do think of Malbec as being more like South American or, mm-hmm. or, uh, Most people or, do. or having that Latin influence to it, right? That's right. There's so much skin on the flavor of this. And you know why? Because the Malbec, the grape of the Malbec is a thick-skinned grape. It's a very dark skin. It's very yeah. thick skin. And that's what gives you this really rich um, a darkness that you find in in, uh, in this wine. Much less transparent, translucent rather than the than the. Like there's the there's so much skin Embrace. on this. It reminds me of like almost a citrusy kind of quality. Mm-hmm. Um, as strange as that it sounds. Because it has a little more stringency and tanginess yeah, to it. Is that what it's, you're it's very much. Wow. All I would say is embrace the darkness. Embrace the darkness. It's yeah. delicious. It's really good. Um, if you're going to drink Malbec, this is this is certainly one to one to drink. Um, uh, it's from again Chateau Eugenie. It's imported by a local um, Im- importing company um, down in the village, and so you might be able to find some there. But we've been working with it um, at the lodge for a long time, um, and it's and it's f- for those people. And I'm going to tease the price again because for those people who don't want to spend the money on what the South American selection that we have, you can get the Malbec from France and it's going to be great. We even have not this one, but we have a uh, French Malbec by the glass um, mm. at the lodge, which I think is really fun. But this is from Chateau Eugenie um, from Cahors and in the $60 range. Nice. So you brought us three wines here that are in that general range. That's right. Uh-huh. And they've all been just absolutely outstanding. This now, makes me want cheesecake. Oh, yeah. Okay. Right. <laughs> you know, it makes me it makes me want uh, cheese and cheese. charcuterie. Cheese. Yeah. 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 Just yeah. cheese in general. Like yeah. this. This just has that thing. This might actually be good with the chili. <laughs> with Wolf Brand chili. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's too long. <laughs> <laughs> wolf Brand chili just as a chili in a bowl is not so. Yeah. Not, not so. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but you're right. With with like uh, at a good chili cook off, this would be awesome mm. to be walking around with. Oh yeah. Yeah. But but you can you can tell it the 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 palate doesn't give you the same funk that you get on the nose. Right, you it's get definitely a, funkier. The nose has a has this interesting earthy thing. The palate has an interesting earthy thing, but it's it's very different on the nose. The mm-hmm. nose reminds me of like kind of like the wine equivalent of like a farmhouse uh, beer, like a something. And it blows off. I mean, it's, right. it's but it, it doesn't taste that way at all. Now but that so, it's been in the glass for a while, it's that was the hard. thing too. Like when you first poured it earlier, it was a much stronger note. On the nose than it is um, after we've had you know most of our show go by. So mm-hmm. yeah, wow. yeah, and 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 but the but the the in the mouth it's it's juicy, it's fruity, yeah. but it's also quite dry as well. It mm-hmm. has it has a, a tannic quality that is not as stringent but quite lovely. And so what meats would go the best with this? I'm assuming. Uh, this would gamier be, things, right? Gamey, gamey things would go great with this, but I think this would go really great with some pork or something. We don't have a lot of pork mm-hmm. um, at the lodge. So this would be a great, great thing for pork. Um, ribeye mm-hmm. would go really, really great yeah. with this because oh, yeah. mm-hmm. it's got a little fat to it, and and um, the dryness of the wine can really work on that. Love it, yeah, love it, yeah. This is really delicious. Like a venison They've sausage, all been kind good. Of almost yeah. picture with it, you know, with brunch. Like, yeah, yeah, we can certainly do that in brunch. Mm-hmm. So, Ian, do you have a favorite of the three we've tried today? Uh, you know, so it's it's hard to say favorite when you got a champagne <laughs> mixed in there because like because champagne is so different, you know. 
uh, that champagne was outstanding. I will be swinging by and picking up some of that at some point in time in the future. Yeah, you bet. Because at its price point, like that is so nice and so yeah. different too. Because you can go get like Vuv uh, or uh, some of those. I'm, I know I'm slaughtering that, but you can go get some of those, and they're what sixty to eighty bucks mm-hmm. for a bottle. Um, and you have to also Moet, consider like the... some other things. But that's different. That's really really mm-hmm. interesting, but the same kind of good, you know? Right. Yeah, and and the fact that uh, Moet, um, who makes Vuv um, th- both of those brands produce millions and millions of bottles, yeah. and it's it's um, it's something that you can find everywhere. This right. is something really I, interesting. There's not a lot that's, of production. That's that's a it. large part of why I like that is because it's just a little off center. Mm-hmm. It's different, and it's that mm-hmm. kind of good. It's like it's recognizable. There's it's not so far out that like you go, what is this? But it's so interesting beyond that. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'd say uh, that's really good. This one. Is really right along my taste. It's it's got a little bit of funk and earth to it. It's dry AF. It's um, it's oaky. Like yes. the aftertaste is Very incredibly much. oaky, which I really love. This can you imagine this with uh, with say uh, one of those uh, Perdomo um, uh, the uh, uh, the one the that's no the one that's meant to go with the. Uh, Porter. Oh yes, yes. One of the uh, uh, Perdomo, um, uh, the ones that the, the ones that are meant to go with, with the craft yeah. beer. That would be yeah. amazing. Yeah, would be with amazing this. With I this. was just about to say, not not being much of a smoker, I think that this of anything would be the great cigar wine. Yeah, this would be fantastic mm-hmm. with a cigar because it's got just a little bit of smokiness to it itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it just feels like it would open up uh, whatever cigar you. And had. it's I mean, got I enough would... punch to go through any of them. like. Like, you can get away with wine and cigars all day, especially if you're doing on the lighter side of cigars. But mm-hmm. if you want something in the medium price, uh, medium price, medium, uh, medium uh, fullness, this yeah. is going to be definitely where you want to be. Because uh, it's got a I little punch it. to it. Like, it does. It does. And it's, it's good. And it's got just, you were talking about the, the grape skin. And, and I just mm-hmm. keep coming back to that because once you pointed that out, I, I totally get that in every sip. Like, it's just such a thick grape yeah. skin. It's it's, it's, so, it's almost like you get that piece of skin stuck on your tooth mm-hmm. right there. I'm gonna mm-hmm. t- I'm gonna take you on a quick so little good. journey. You're in the grocery store. Go with me here. You're in the grocery store and you see the the table. Hold, hold on a second. I got to go back and get a different cart because mine's got a funky wheel. Got it. <laughs> All right, no. It makes too much <laughs> noise. No, we're good. <laughs> so you 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 see the table grapes. It doesn't matter the color. Um, and you take you take one. Because we're rebels and that's what we do, and you <laughs> bite into it, and the first thing that happens is it bursts, and mm-hmm. you get that 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 rush of juice and sweetness. You chew a little bit more, you taste the meat of the flesh of the of the berry, but as you chew, what's left is the skins and the seeds, mm-hmm. and your mouth turns dry mm-hmm. and it gets bitter, but not mm-hmm. in a bad way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that's tannins. That's it's the same thing with walnuts. Right. Yeah, and, and we that's, get a little little. Tiny bit of the yeah. shell in your mouth, those and the tannins. Longer, really... The longer that the wine sits on the skins, the more th- that you're going to get in this in this wine. And so this leads me to conclude that this wine has been sitting on the skins for quite a long time. Oh yeah, because it's quite dry and it and it finishes that way, but not in an astringent. There mm-hmm. there's so many more wines that have been celebrated and win all these awards that are just awful because they sit way too long on the skins, and that's. All you get is this dryness. Skin, yeah. mm-hmm. It's terrible. This has some some body. It has some character. It has um, it does have some of that dryness, but it's in a it's in a really productive way. I yeah. love it. This is one of my favorites. Mark, let me ask you this question. I've had these before, but I never know where to find them. Mm-hmm. There is a 
a variety of grape, and I bought them in the grocery store before, that it's, it's a purple grape. And when you eat it, it's got like a almost a gelatinous center with the seeds still in it. Mm. And it's extremely tart. Do you know what I'm talking about? Have you had this before? No, I don't. It's so wonderful. And I've been looking for it everywhere. And it's my absolute favorite kind of grape ever. Uh, but I don't know where I don't know where to find them. I, I've bought them merely by accident mm -hmm. in the grocery store before, uh, but I've never been able to go back and, and find them again. Well, so, I, I, pr I probably should explain also that the the grapes, the varietal of grapes that are used for the production of wine is a completely different species mm. of, of grape than what you find in the Totally in the get that. You just had yeah. me thinking about it because, yeah, of, the, yeah, yeah. Uh, because of the tartness of this. Um, I, uh, I love this. I'm going to be most partial probably <laughs> to the champagne, but that's just because I... I kind of naturally go there. Uh, but these, both of these wines have been absolutely wonderful. And I'm so impressed that all of these are, you know, in the $60 yeah. uh, price range on a restaurant menu because, you know, that it's, it's almost hard to go to a restaurant sometimes unless we've got you there and say, okay, I've, I'm willing to spend about $50, $60 on my wine mm -hmm. and feel confident about what you're choosing. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Uh, well, so. it, it can be intimidating. As a person who doesn't do a lot of wine on a regular basis, it can be a little intimidating to walk in and look at that wine list because your wine list is extensive. Like, it's huge. Like, it where is. do I even start? And there's a lot of names you've never heard of. Um, absolutely. I, I, I don't often buy um, things for the restaurant that you can get retail. Um, and that confuses a lot of people. They're mm -hmm. like, geez, I don't recognize any of these names. And you're um, like, that's why I am here. Well, and yeah, and I'm happy. Of course, I'm happy to help. Um, and it, the unfortunate thing is that a lot of people will choose to purchase wines based on price. And that's perfectly fine because when you've got these kinds of things that they're like, okay, I'm maybe I'm embarrassed to say that I only want to spend $65 on a, on a bottle of wine. No problem. You're going to drink something delicious. I promise mm -hmm. you. Yeah. Yeah. Well. And any of these would fill that bill, uh, absolutely. Mark, two things. We want you to accompany us to the uh, um, the uh, whiskey, um, uh, whiskey, social. whiskey Social this Count year. Count on it, yep. And then will you come back before Christmas? Sure. And uh, we'll do, even though these are kind of like interesting wines for fall and the holidays, let's do one more round for like your Christmas dinner. Yeah, absolutely. All right, love you it. Bet. Let's stuff that will... Go great with the turkey and dressing and, and all of that. Absolutely. So we'll, so we'll get to that. Uh, we'll have you back in December, and, and we'll look forward that to that. That sounds fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and as always, we love what you bring in. Uh, you you have yet to disappoint us. So <laughs> And I'm, I'm pretty confident that you won't. Um, so thank you again yeah, for being here. And uh, we will toast to you as we uh, ring out the show. And, oh, Ian, you're back to the whiskey, my friend. Very nice. Well, I drank all my wine. Okay. Well, uh, that can be... That can be dealt with as well. So uh, We can fix that. Everyone, thank you so much for staying with us for 301 episodes of the Smoking and Toasting podcast. We love you. We appreciate you. And we will be back next week, by the way, when we'll do a special pumpkin beer show. I don't know if it's going to be a blind taste test, but we will be celebrating pumpkin beer for pumpkin Halloween beer. next week. So I'm looking forward to that. Have a great week, my friends. And uh, cheers, y'all. Cheers, y'all.